Coming up on this episode of the Super Halo Brothers, we give our report card on the Angels. We discuss Fangraph's ridiculous angel predictions. We talk through some spring training highlights, and we chat about the Halo's uniforms. It's the Super Halo Brothers, a Los Angeles Angels podcast, Season 2, Episode 4. Let's grade the Angels offseason. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Super Halo Brothers, a Los Angeles Angels podcast. My name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. Well, here we are, episode four, season two. We are just a little under two weeks away from the start of the season, Mike. How are you feeling? It feels surreal because we didn't know we were going to have a season, and now <laughs> a season is coming, and I'm Our excited about that. season is upon us. And That's right. we get to open up at home. I know. Good grief. It only took a it only took a major disagreement between players and owners for us to get a actual <laughs> opening day home game for once. Hey, I guess, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a God blessing. <laughs> <laughs> God bless them. Uh, <laughs> I got I got something I need to share with you. Okay, all right, go ahead. So I I joined a fantasy league with uh, Julio from Town Tailgate Podcast and a lot of his friends. He invited me, and I've got the number one pick. Oh, in the draft, nice. And it's a snake draft, so I won't get another pick until twenty. Yeah. So I'll have twenty and twenty one back to back. But okay. I have the number one pick, and that completely ruins my strategy. <laughs> What's your strategy? My strategy was I wanted to be somewhere in the middle so that I could take Mike Trout without looking like a homer because the Trey Turners and the Juan Sotos would all be gone. I'd be like, well, I guess I just got to take Mike Trout. But yeah. now I got the number one pick and I have all this pressure on me to pick to pick like a Trey Turner or something. I'm going to have to take him. I would be foolish. Wait, so what I'm saying, what I'm hearing you say is that you were going to take Trey Turner in the number one spot. Yes, correct. Over Mike Trout. Correct. How dare you? <laughs> I knew I wouldn't get any reprieve from you. <laughs> That's hard. I, I I am with you, though. Like, when you're that first pick, I like to be kind of in the middle as well. Right. Because then you, you – know, it, plus, it gives you some thought. I, you, yeah. You, you don't really think about the draft until you actually get there. Sure, you print out your sheets, and sure, sure. you write out notes and – and or maybe that's just me, but you do all of the the background checking right before you get there. But the reality is, is your head's not in the game until you're officially selecting that right. first player, right? And you don't know what those guys are going to pick and who no. they're going to pick and what they're going to do. Because do you go do you go with pitching? Is like is that you know? There's a temptation to pat to pick uh, Max Scherzer. Mm-hmm. Like you, you get one of those guys. Oh man, I don't envy you at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we should. When is your draft? Uh, Thursday. Okay, uh, so t- tomorrow, tomorrow okay. evening. So I think, I think you have to go. Got to go with your gut. Okay, got to go with your gut. I don't know what that gut is, but I think that what you hurts. just you, you you said Trey Turner out loud. So I think you got to go with Trey Turner. I, I he's just gonna get me so many categories and points. Yeah. And yeah, they got the DH spot in the National League now. So if he needs to get off his feet, he's still gonna be in that lineup at some, somehow. So huh? Yeah, I think you got to go with your gut. I think you got to go with what you're feeling it. there. I got to do it. Well, listen, everybody, thank you for joining us for this episode. As always, you can follow us over on Instagram and Twitter at Super Halo Bros. Same handle, both both places. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun making those reels on Instagram. They're great. They're very, them. very informative, Jonathan. <laughs> I have been wanting to call out Facebook comments for forever and Tuesday was the day, and I'm so glad that yeah. I did. <laughs> we actually had a segment plan to do that multiple times, but for 
a few different reasons, we decided to go in a different direction. And so when you did it, uh, when you texted me and told me you're going to do that, I was like, yes, we have to get this out into the world <laughs> because Halo Facebook comment are are hilarious they're they're hilarious they're great yeah i mean you can get all kinds of bad takes wherever you go but sure especially on facebook <laughs> sure right and and along those lines f- facebook does to our parents what they thought violent video games would do to us 100 <laughs> percent. it makes you nuts <laughs> all right enough talk let's get into this episode we have been planning this and i think this is a good time before the season starts, before spring training is over. We have a good sense of who's going to be on the team, who's going to be making an impact this season. So, Mike, why don't you take it away in this first segment? All right, we're going to grade the offseason, Jonathan. And it's so time. Let's, let's talk through each of the players that the Angels have signed or re-signed. So let me go through mm-hmm. the list, okay? and then we'll start with the, the first on the list. So All right. Archie Bradley, Rysel mm-hmm. Iglesias, Ryan Tapera. Tyler Wade, Matt Duffy, Noah Syndergaard, Michael mm. Lorenzen, Aaron mm-hmm. Loop, Andrew Velasquez, and then re-signing Max Stassi and Kurt Suzuki. Mm-hmm. So those mm-hmm. are all of the moves that they've made this offseason. Let's start with Archie Bradley in the bullpen. Okay. Okay. I really like this move, but yeah. full disclosure, Archie Bradley was not a name that I was aware of until the rumor of him coming to our team started rising up on Twitter just a couple weeks ago. Definitely. And as I've looked into Archie Bradley, he reminds me of a very strong middle relief pitcher that can come in and hold it down and keep it solid. And if you have a lead, he's going to hold your lead for the most part. If you don't have a lead, he's not going to let it get away from you, which is completely the opposite of what we've experienced in the Angel bullpen over the last few years. So I really liked this move. And I really like this move because of another move that Perry made, and we'll talk about him in a second. But I really like this move because I see Archie coming onto our team and into this bullpen and being able to be who he is. And I'm going to be a broken record as we talk through a lot of this, but I think a lot of the guys that Perry Manassian signed are going to be great this year because they're not going to be asked to do what they aren't equipped and talented and gifted to do. (laughs) That's good. I right? like that. So I like this move. I think an Archie Bradley move was a strong a strong move by Perry. What do you think? I'm in agreement with uh, your points about Archie Bradley because I watched him on Tuesday come in after Jose Marte got himself into a big mess, bases loaded mess. And I just had this feeling of like, good grief, watching Marte felt like it has felt for the last six years agree it's like okay here comes somebody that we kind of like but then makes a mess on the base paths and then Archie comes in and gets some soft contact and I think it was ended up being a double play and that ended the inning yeah right yeah and that's exactly the kind of thing that we need out of our bullpen and you're right I hadn't heard much about Archie Bradley before his name started coming up but I had seen uh, this is funny I had seen a lot of Halo fans out there on Twitter where the good takes are Mm -hmm. uh, say we need two guys like Archie Bradley and Ryan Tapera. Like, we need those wow. guys. Go get them, Perry. They're available. And sure enough, that's where we ended up. So Archie Bradley, for me, uh, he demonstrates that soft contact that I think is going to be really solid for this team. So I'm giving this one a B plus. What do you say? Yeah, I'm going to give it a B for sure. I think it's okay. a good move, but I think that it it 
it's solid for our bullpen. What I like about Archie as well is that he, in a few interviews, some of the things that he has said has really fired me up. He's like, hey, no offense to the teams before, but the Angels haven't been good, and we're going to be yeah, good this year. And totally. we want to we get to the playoffs. None taken, Archie. That, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> and we are not going to be offended, bro, because he is absolutely right. So I think an Archie Bradley move, I give it a B, you give it a B plus. I think it was yeah. a good move by Perry. How about this one? We clamored all season long for hashtag extend Rysel, and then we didn't extend Rysel. But we did re-sign Rysel we for did four re-sign years. Rysel. Yes, yes. <laughs> now you and I speculated on how long his contract might be for, and I think we landed somewhere in the three to four year range. Yep. He got the fourth year, and and to me that screams, this is a reliever who's in a career year and deserves to get paid. He wants the security of a fourth year, and I'm so glad that Perry and the Angels offered him that fourth year because he deserves it. And even if he starts to kind of taper off toward the end of his uh, four years with us, you can put him as a setup guy later on or what have you. But I can't imagine any dip in quality for him over the next four years. And who better to lock down the end of that bullpen than Rysel Iglesias, especially in the way that he came over where it was a salary dump for the Reds and we got him and man, just saved last season, even though it looked like it couldn't be saved. He was somebody to look forward to. He was somebody who kept us in the game, getting six out saves <laughs> against the Mariners right. from a bases loaded eighth inning to getting six outs to finish the game and hold the lead. This is an A+. plus. This is the move that you make if you want to solidify your bullpen. Perry, congratulations. Not grading on a curve, just a curveball. <laughs> and this, for me, is an A+. plus. What do you say? 100% agree. I have nothing else to add except that I think that Rysel is going to be someone that we are going to enjoy over the next four years. Mm-hmm. And you even mentioned like him tapering off. I, I don't know if that'll happen. I think right. Yeah, is, I'm just I'm just you know playing sure. regular old baseball. Sure, you know inevitabilities here. <laughs> yeah, I think that he's actually going to be really solid for us. And what I love about him is that he was a gamer during a season mm-hmm. that the Angels just completely sucked. <laughs> and, right. And, and that fact, the fact that he led the league in saves like he did. And they were hard saves. It wasn't just mm-hmm. like him coming in and and closing out the game in the ninth inning. You're right. He had a lot of four-out, five-out, and even six-out saves. It sounds like this year Joe Madden has said that they're going to try not to do that. Yeah. Now you don't have to. And, you don't have to. And what I like about this, and there's some sentimentality in my heart and reason why I would give it an A+, is because... And we just haven't had this for for years, right? Yeah. And then when we did have it in the in the early 2010s, it was only just like a taste, and then it was gone. Houston Street <laughs> was with us, and then he was gone, right? And yeah. so I I love that we'll have Rysel over the next four years, and I think he's going to be a a remarkable player for us, and perhaps will be in the category of a Troy Percival in the category of a Frankie Rodriguez. I think he'll be mm-hmm. in that conversation by the time his contract is up. So a plus for me, let's stick with the bullpen. We've got a few more here, but let's, let's go to the lefty Aaron loop. Okay. Who, who signed with us before the lockout. What are your thoughts on Aaron loop? I'm going to say a plus on this and I'm going to say a plus simply because of his stats from last year. Yeah. Um, no kidding. I mean, that guy had a remarkable, remarkable season. But I think that what Aaron brings to us is the bridge to Rysel. He's the reason why Rysel is not going to have to have 
too many, if he has any, three four, or four or five or six out saves. Mm-hmm. And and Loop just seems like the type of guy that is going to come in and shut you down. And he's that special specialty lefty that, remember Andrew Miller? He just retired, actually. Yeah. But Andrew Miller was that guy when he was pitching for the Indians and when he was pitching for other clubs. He would come in, and then once he came in, you were like, well, this is this is over, right? And then if he gave up a hit, you're shocked, right? And and but it, you really just deflate the opposition when you bring in a pitcher like this. And so I say A plus with this move because I think that Loop is going to be a significant piece in the bullpen, and we're going to be really really excited at the end of the year about what he's done and potentially when we get into the playoffs. And I said when when we get into the playoffs, mm-hmm. I think that we're really going to be extremely confident because we're going to have loop and Rysel at the end of the bullpen. What do you think? I love it. It's another a plus for me. And how can you not sign the guy with the best ERA in the league among relievers last year? Like right. Oh, nine, five ERA that just screams talent to me. And I know those things don't last forever and that's fine. But to me, Aaron loop seems like the type of guy that you go to in a playoff game where perhaps your starter got you three, four innings. We've been seeing this a lot out of uh, teams like the Dodgers and the Braves last season. They really had to piece together the the pitching staff to be effective and win those games that you can't lose. Aaron Loop seems to me like the, the dog who's going to go out there and carry us through like one, two innings in the playoff game and, and pass the torch. But in terms of the regular season, what a great way to set up for Rysel Iglesias. Yep. I think this is a fantastic move. Aaron Loop has a great attitude. I remember him being interviewed before the lockout, and he's excited at the prospect of pitching more because of the three-batter minimum rule. He, in the past, has only been a lefty specialist, and he has upped his game so that he can take on lefties and righties. So he's going to be a very effective piece of this bullpen. How, yep. about, uh, how about Ryan Tapera? I really like Ryan, and again, like I said, I'm going to be a broken record here because Ryan is is coming in and having the opportunity to play to his ability and not be asked to do what he's not, and that is mm-hmm. a really strong closer or even a setup guy. I think that Ryan being one of our six, seven, or eight inning guys is going to be great for our team. And mm-hmm. so I, I really like this move as well, and I like it more because it fits the makeup of our team. And so I'm going to give this a yeah. B because I think that he adds a lot to our team. And I like this move because it fits who the angels are trying to be in 2022. What about you? I'm giving it a B plus. I feel like he and Archie Bradley are going to be on that same tier of relief pitching. And between his time with the Cubs and the white Sox last year, I mean, the the numbers are just, Tremendous. I mean, that that batting average against under 200. I mean, with the Cubs, it was 150. And then with the White Sox, it was it was 197. So wow, I just have to think that if if he can keep guys from getting hits and again, being that bridge to Aaron Loop and Rysel, it just feels good to have some security in this bullpen. And I think Tapera plays a huge part of that. So isn't it great that we just we just talked about four guys that we really like yeah. that are in the bullpen for the angels. Yeah. <laughs> in, in Southern California, right. those ones, we're not those talking angels? about the Dodgers bullpen or the Padres bullpen. And we're not even talking about like 
the Giants bullpen. We're talking about the Angels bullpen. Yeah. And we just we just gave four names that we really like, and the the average grade there is like uh, an A minus because we were doing B pluses and high high A pluses with Rysel. <laughs> so let's stick with pitching and let's yeah. talk about Thor. What are your thoughts Let's on Noah Syndergaard that we predicted, by the way, and you can go back. We did, way back. <laughs> way back, you and I said that we would love to have Thor after last season, and, yeah. and sure enough, it happened. I love that they're taking a chance on him. This one for me is an A- minus um, because I think that there is some risk involved, but if if there wasn't a risk, this would be an A- plus for me. For sure. I think that the Angels are the best suited to help Thor with coming out of Tommy John and, and recovering over the last two years. And so far, so good. We've seen him in a B game. We've seen him in an A game in spring training. And he's working his way back. There's not going to be a pitch limit on him, which is what was announced on Tuesday, yep. according to Joe Madden. And with a six-man rotation, what better way than to preserve and protect an arm like Noah Syndergaard? Hey, it worked for Shohei, and he's doing double duty. So I think that Thor... Being still under age 30 has a long way to go in terms of uh, falling off. I think that he's going to come back, and I think he's going to come back strong. So I'm giving this an A-. minus Again, not an A+, plus just because of the risk involved. But if, if anybody can do this, it's the Angels, it's Joe Madden, it's that new training staff, it's, it's Perry Manassian who convinced him to come and 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 had a dinner with him yeah <laughs> which i like yeah so for me a minus what do you say about thor i say an a and here's here's a few reasons why again broken mm-hmm. record he's gonna be asked to be who he is we mm-hmm. have an ace his name is shohei otani mm-hmm. and syndergaard is not gonna have to pitch against the the best pitchers ideally in the league but yeah. he will have moments where he does because we do yeah. have a six-man rotation he is still under 30 which i think is is great he's mm-hmm. young Right. And he's had the two, two and a half years since his surgery. So he he's got all of the work that he needs to do out of the way. This is a fresh start. He's ready to go. It's not like, okay, let's see what happens. This is a no, he's he's all set. And after what I've seen in his two starts and his most recent start, he looked great. That has convinced me that this move is an A, and I think that what we have here is a second ace on the team, somebody we've needed for a long time. Yes, it feels like a very angel move because we did <laughs> we did take a risk, right? But I think that this move is an A simply because we got we got a stud, and he mm-hmm. is going to be great behind Shohei. I mean, imagine playing a three-game series, and you got Shohei, and then you got Syndergaard, and then perhaps you have somebody like Sandoval right after that. Like that That's a really, really tough three-man rotation yeah. already. And you're almost, I wouldn't say guaranteed, but it, you, you can be confident that you're going to win. You have the potential to win two out of three, right? And Definitely. that's the Angels' problem over the last few years is they just can't win series. They're winning one right. game, but then they're right. losing the next two. And so exactly. Noah and Otani are almost guaranteeing that you're going to win series, which means that you're going to put back-to-back wins together, which means that you're going to be in playoff contention. And so I love this move. I call it an A. I have one more thing to add about Syndergaard, and it's what you mentioned about this feels like a very Angels move. And <laughs> this is me going, yeah, I know, but this time it's different. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why I say that is because 
when we took flyers on guys who were once good, they had already fallen off. Yes. Right? You look at guys like Matt Harvey, who were great and then fell off with the Mets and then kind of disappeared, and then we picked him up. We rescued and saved him. (laughs) We rescued him. Yeah, this is not a rescue project. Yeah. And the Angels have been doing rescue projects the last few years. Uh, Syndergaard doesn't need to be rescued. He's the hero, baby. He's right. Thor. Right. <laughs> so that, to me, is the the key difference here. It feels like a very Angels move in the sense that it's somebody who needs to come back and prove himself. But it's not like before the surgery that he was a waste and just completely terrible like right. some of these other pickups that we had. Right. Speaking of pitching, Michael Lorenzen... Yeah. Was another pitcher that we picked up. So just just to recap, one, two, three, four, five, six of our signings <laughs> this season were pitchers. And Perry drafted 20 pitchers and signed 19 of them. So yes. I, I love that he's addressing it. And, and that's the thing that we have to give Perry credit for is yeah. he's a, he's doing what he can to address this. Now, this was interesting. And, and Michael Lorenzen was another name that – for me, I wasn't super aware of. I would put him in the right. Archie Bradley category. Right. And when I saw him pitch recently, I was impressed. More yeah. of his biceps. I talked about that in the last episode. <laughs> that guy is ripped, right? Um, WWE is calling. If he has right. uh, uh, an opportunity, <laughs> he should take it. But it looks like Michael Lorenzen is going to be a nice piece in our starting rotation. But you've mentioned it a few times. And our friend Andrew, when he was on here uh, from Top Place, he's talked about Michael Lorenzen feels like he's in the bullpen by July, right? Right, And there's still a part of me that feels like that. And so because I'm there, I'm going to give this a C. And I'm going to say C plus because I think that he can teeter into B minus B, but... Right now, we just he's unproven, and we don't know what he can do. And he was in the bullpen, and you know he played some offense. It sounds like he's not really going to do that. He'll be like an emergency outfielder if necessary, or an emergency yeah. pinch hitter. I don't think they'll even need to do that. But he's been focusing on his pitching this year and solely on his pitching, so perhaps that's going to be a really beneficial thing for him. But right now, my heart says, my gut says, C, C plus for Michael Lorenzen. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's a C, a solid C, because when you're addressing the starting rotation and with the number of options you had out there, you got a guy who's been a essentially a career reliever. And I appreciate the Angels are giving him the offer of being a starter. But I think in this scenario, in 2022, when you've got Shohei Otani and Mike Trout on your team and you're trying to get to the playoffs... You you add pitching, yeah, that's great, but do you fill a gap in the starting rotation with a career reliever and one who's fine? And I'll be interested to see what Lorenzen can do as a starter. And like you said, he's looked good in spring training so far. I appreciate that the Angels are giving him an opportunity because sometimes you you got to take a chance on giving a guy an opportunity. I just wonder if now is the time to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, why not last year? At the same time, I think that if anybody is suited for identifying something in a pitcher and going, ooh, we can work with that, it's Perry Manassian. Yeah. I think that he is the guy who can do that. It's not It's not Billy Epler. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Billy's Billy only like taking flyers on hard-throwing, funky arm angle guys. Right. And there's something about Lorenzen that must be intriguing 
to the Angels. And so for me, it's a, it's a solid C. I think that he will be somebody who does decently in the rotation, but I think that we're going to have to count on uh, the Otanis and the Cinderguards to really carry us through this year. So again, C for Michael Lorenzen for me. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, so we talked pitching. Now let's talk some infielders. And Please. I, I'm intrigued by your grade for the Tyler Wade signing. So why don't you start All us? right, so we acquired... Tyler Wade from the New York Yankees. We've mentioned it before on the show. He is somebody who has been up in the majors and left a good impression, but he just didn't have the space on the roster to remain. And there were people clamoring for him to get a chance with the Yankees. And I am thrilled that he is now with us because he will get a chance in Joe Madden's lineup. With Tyler Wade's speed, his ability to get on base, his bunting, his defense— the ability to play in the outfield or the infield, this is an A for me. Oh, wow, and okay. Because it didn't cost that much to get him. And I say that with an understanding of, okay, but he's got to prove himself. Because he's not going to be an everyday guy and will likely pl- platoon with Matt Duffy, for me it's an A. It didn't cost much, and his skills on defense are incredible. And if he can utilize his speed to bunt his way on base to take the extra base. I saw him go first to third, I think, on one of Shohei's groundouts the other day. So (laughs) it's just like, what a guy, you know? So all that to say, I think that this is an A, and I understand that that's probably pretty high, but if he's not going to be, I mean, he's not going to be the solution at any position, but if he platoons with Matt Duffy then I think that you got him at a low cost and you can take full advantage of the skill set that he brings to the table. What about you? I'm going to give him a B plus because he okay. is going to come and play to who he is. He's not going to be yeah. asked to do anything that he's not. And and I agree with you that he can play a lot of positions. And so you're getting a guy that is going to benefit your team in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. I think that Speed never goes into a slump, and so when he's hitting, I think that he is going to have the opportunity to be able to get on base, and then once he's on base, look out, right? And (laughs) he may have the opportunity to develop into a Sean Figgins type of player, because when Figgins first came up, I don't know if you remember this or not, but when Figgins first came up, they were not high on his bat. They were high on his speed, Mm -hmm. but then you had Sean Figgins at one point hitting... 290 and knocking in uh uh you know 60 70 80 90 RBIs and yeah. and hitting double digits in home runs like they they weren't expecting that from Sean and he really yeah. developed and worked to become that and I see Tyler Wade as somebody that they have a lot of like mm, I wonder high hopes mm-hmm. for this guy right yeah. and so you you get a bunt down you get on base he's going to tag up he's going to steal even if he pinch runs, right? A yeah. late a late inning pinch run is going to be great. And if they do that ghost runner at second base in the extra innings, guess what? I'm pinch running Tyler Wade if he's on the bench, <laughs> right? I'm putting him. Can I'm you putting do him that? Or does it have to be? Does it have to be the hitter? I don't know. If, I, I think you put the hitter out there, and then maybe you do pinch run. I don't know what the uh, what the options are there, but yeah, I, I'm throwing yeah. Tyler Wade out there because he's going to score on a ground ball to first, right? And right, so exactly, I think that he has. There's a lot of really positives in having Tyler Wade on our team. And I know that some of our friends from the Yankees world said that he can be very frustrating 
And so yeah. I think that we might have some moments where he is, but we're not asking him to do what he is not equipped to do. He's yeah. coming to fill the role. He's going to be a role player. He may even switch out at second base. It sounds like him and Matt Duffy are going to be the second mm-hmm. baseman back and forth. And so I, I give this a B plus. What do you think of that Matt Duffy signing? I really like Matt Duffy. I'm going to give it an okay. A. <laughs> You're giving it an A? I'm wow. giving it an A, and here's why. Because Duffy was a great player for the Giants. And yeah. when it, and I mentioned it on our last episode. Right. I really, I really liked Duffy, and there was a part of me that said, man, I would love to see him on our team when I saw him playing for the Giants. Matt Duffy is one of those guys that, that comes through in the big games, in the clutch, and you don't expect it. Matt Duffy yeah. is the guy that that makes the defensive play. He's the guy that gets the hit. He's the guy that hits the home run. He's he just comes through. He he draws the walk and he is the guy that you're not paying attention to. And mm-hmm. the reason why I like him is because I think he knows that and he comes through and so it's only going to strengthen our lineup and it's only going to help the Trouts and the Rendones and the Otanis in our lineup because if they're slumping I think you're going to see a, a few games this year where Trout goes 0 for 4 and Shohei struck out three times and Rendon couldn't get a hit, but Duffy went 4 for 5 with two home runs <laughs> and, and two doubles, right? And so Those games are inevitable. <laughs> and I think that Duffy's going to be the guy that's going to make sure that we don't have a game where we make people like, uh, who's what's his name, Justice Sheffield or whatever his name is, that yeah. we always make... <laughs> Look like an ace. Like an ace, right? <laughs> I think Duffy's going to be the reason why we don't do that this year. So that's yeah. why I give it an A. I like that. I'm going to give it a B. Uh, I, <laughs> I had to reach out to my father-in-law, who's a Cubs fan. And so shout out Alan Howe, who will appreciate this. Uh, I asked him, I said, hey, we, we just picked up Matt Duffy. And I saw that he was on the Cubs last year. And he said, eh, he won't move the needle much. And, <laughs> and, and I'm like, you know what? I'm fine with that. Right. I'm fine with, with a non-needle mover yeah. because you want somebody that you can rely on, and especially if he's going to be at second base and Fletch is going to be at short, which is kind of the news that came out this week that Fletch is going to start at short for opening day. Just give me a solid second base option because second base is traditionally not your your heavy hitter, right? Right. right. So he doesn't need to be a superstar, but if he can play good defense and, like you said, be sneaky good – it kind of gives me Phil Gosselin vibes where mm-hmm. everybody kind of overlooked Phil Gosselin. And the only issue I had with Phil Gosselin is that he was filling in for like Rendon. Right. And it's like, oh right. man, I miss Rendon, but here's Phil Gosselin. This time around, it's it's either Matt Duffy or Tyler Wade. Right. right? It's not right. that it's not like we're missing out on who should be there. So for me, it's a, it's a solid B. I, I like Matt Duffy there. I like this option. I love the idea of a platoon between him and, and Tyler Wade, which is what I think Joe Madden does best. And I'm really excited to see him and Fletcher next to each other in action yeah. uh, up the middle there. So yeah. let's go to uh, one more infielder. Also, somebody who came over from the Yankees, Andrew Velasquez. A lot of people really liked on the Yankees. A lot of fans wish that he could have gotten more of an opportunity. I saw Talking Yanks post uh, Velasquez's home run the other day and... And they were kind of missing him. And then they've also posted some Tyler Wade highlights. So they're missing him. And all the comments were like, are you guys going to do this every time a former Yankee does something? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, we are. Yeah. Especially if it's on the Angels. So Andrew Velasquez, for me, I'm not impressed. And I think that he's good depth and a capable infielder. But for me, I think it's just 
I think it's a C. I don't think he's going to make an impact. I think that he's somebody who we can rely on if, for some reason, Fletcher goes down, but I don't think Fletcher is going to get hurt. I think we have plenty of other shortstop options. It's nice to have him as an option, and maybe he'll find himself in the opportunities that he gets with the Angels, but I can't imagine him making an impact in the way that uh, we, we might see out of a, a Matt Duffy or a Tyler Wade. I think the I th- it looks like the bat just needs to come around a bit more. He had a great behind-the-back toss uh, to uh, in, on Tuesday's game where he, he dove and got the ball and threw it behind his back and, and got the out at second, which was pretty cool. So he might be a flashy guy. I think that flash is kind of his thing. We'll see how he contributes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say a C for now. Yeah, I felt the same way. Kind of like, eh, all right. And, okay. and, and I think he's going to be probably a minor league guy. He won't start on the major league roster. Yeah, um, I, I, could be something. Yeah, maybe maybe next year he's he's a little bit better. But you're right, he's kind of like in that middle of the road, mediocre signing. But maybe there's something there. And if there's something there, I'd be excited about it because he could be a, a great backup or maybe even a potential future shortstop for us or second yeah. baseman for us. Right. And, and that could be a great thing. So we also, we re-signed two catchers. Yeah. Let's talk about the catcher that you enjoy, <laughs> and then we'll talk about the catcher that you don't. Okay. Let's talk about Max Stassi. Give me your grade. Okay, I enjoy him. I enjoy him. He got extended <laughs> three more years. Yep. He got the extension, which is amazing. So that'll take him from age 31 to 34. Yeah. I mean, why not? Shore up that, that backstop and let your catchers and the minors develop for a few more years. Stassi can hit. He can frame. And he's great with our pitchers. For me, extending Max Stassi is an A. I think that it's a great move. He totally deserves it. And you you can't let a guy like that walk away, especially from the fact that we were like, who's this guy when he came over? Right, yeah. And he's developed as a hitter, and he's developed as one of the best framing catchers in the game. And we unlocked something in him that the Astros just couldn't seem to get out of him. Yeah. And I think that's really huge and it speaks to our coaching staff and and the the moves that Perry's made there. So I'm really excited that we extended him. So I I give that an A. What about you? I heard the unlock noise on the Xbox when you said uh we unlock something in Max. Like Stassi. the achievement unlock. Yeah, the achievement, <laughs> yeah. Um I give it an A as well because I I look at like signing Rysel is obviously an A+ because we have a great closer. Teams need a good catcher. And we've had yeah. this rotating door of, of catchers <laughs> since Benji Molina, really, you know, and we had, right. we had a couple of really good guys along the way, but they weren't, they weren't our guys. Say, say his name, I'm, say your favorite. I'm not, I'm not going to say anybody's <laughs> name. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Benji Molina. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I just, I mean, we've had, we, they weren't our guys, right? They weren't, they weren't guys that we were we were stoked on it was guys that were Mm. like oh yeah i guess man if they if they can hit they can hit if they can draw a walk they can draw a walk right if you look back at the angels history when they were good they had a strong they had a strong catcher and lance Parrish is an example of that bob boone is another example of that and even benji molina the molina brothers they're an example of that and i think that you have some consistency with max stassi behind the plate and he's going to get to know these pitchers and it looks like Mm -hmm. the pitchers that are coming up they're young we're going to have them for a while and so yeah. why not develop them with a Max Stassi? So I give that an A as well. Now, do you want to talk about the second catcher? Or do you want to just move on? <laughs> Let me say something. Let me say something about Max Stassi okay. first. 
I remember when the Angels got Martin Maldonado, and I can't remember if it was via trade or if we signed him, but Martin had been with the Brewers. And that was the first time that I had heard the term pitch framing. Ah. Because a lot of people looked at that and they were like, this guy can't hit. What? Like, what are we doing here? But he's got great defense. But then pitch framing was the key word there. And I find it interesting that we went from Martin Maldonado, and then we kind of, you know, we had a few guys in between, but but for Stassi to be our solid catcher, the guy that we go to, I, I think it's fantastic that now that pitch framing has come into the uh, the ether. It's become a thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. The zeitgeist. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> now that that is part of, of what we talk about when we talk about catchers, it's so great that we have somebody who was like on the forefront yeah. of that yeah. in Max Stassi. So, uh, all right, let's talk about him. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Suzuki. Suzuki. Dirt Suzuki. Hurt Suzuki. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, actually, I was actually impressed with him on Tuesday. Hmm. I thought I was going to give this an F right out of the gate. <laughs> and uh, say F. <laughs> F. But you know what? I saw his, this made me laugh. I saw him doing a pitch framing drill mm. the other day, and there was video footage. There was proof of it. There was video footage out there. <laughs> so wow. for me, I think if, if, if he's not too uh, prideful in his at this point in his career, because he's been around forever, yeah. to get better. Yeah. And, and he's an athlete, and he wants to get better. I think that if they can get something out of Kurt Suzuki and help him to – frame better and I, I he's never had a great bat but he did he hit a zook nuke on tuesday <laughs> which was i was like of course he did all my favorite players upton kurt suzuki jose rojas all hit home runs on on tuesday yeah. great but with kurt i i understand if if you have a culture building thing like joe madden wants to do kurt's a good part of that i've heard nothing but good things about him from his teammates and so it makes sense to bring him back. I was just ready for somebody else yeah. and yeah. somebody more capable. And because just watching him be a disaster at framing pitches and looking like Bugs Bunny out there catching a ball and then flying back to the backstop with his arm, ball first, you know. But I mean, if if there's room for him to improve, I'm all for it. So I'm gonna give Kurt Suzuki a, a D plus. Bringing him back is a D plus. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a C because I think that there's something about Kurt Suzuki as a human that yeah. the Angels really appreciate, and you've already hit on that. That he is a culture builder, a developer, and I think that mm-hmm. there is something about him bringing him into that clubhouse that is beneficial to the clubhouse. And what I like about it is that we're not gonna have to rely upon him too much, and yeah. we're not gonna have to rely upon his bat. Um, he's not going to be in there every day. It'll be more stassy than anything. And right. I think that there is a component of culture building and and team relationship. That's the reason why they brought him back. And so be- yeah. because of that, I'm going to give it a mediocre C. Um, yeah. Because that's, that's the best I can do because I don't think he has the offense or defensive skills that we would want. But he's a backup catcher and... You know, we do have Matt Thice. If he doesn't pan out, we can bring Thice up, and I think Thice would be a better backup catcher, in my opinion. Or even Taylor Ward would be a better backup yeah. catcher than Suzuki. I'm laughing because I I can't help but think of this time last year when you gave Kurt Suzuki a really high grade and said, "I don't think he's a backup. I think Max Stassi is the backup." And here we are 
a year later with <laughs> oh that look that the mic's giving me daggers right now <laughs> i don't even want to talk to you anymore <laughs> i hate you i'm giving you a d plus <laughs> <If you want laughs> so mike if you had to give this entire off season given the good and the bad an overall grade where would you land b plus okay i think the angels did well i i'm really i'm really excited about this team and Again, broken record, they're finding the people to play the roles that they need to play, and they're not asking them to be who they are not. So yeah. I say B+. Plus. What about you? You know, I understand that we wanted to get the uh, the, bre- the big free agent shortstop or a big free agent uh, starting pitcher, and we missed out on those. So for me, that's going to that's gonna knock it down a bit because I think that we had more than enough opportunity to get who we needed. Having said that, I think before – Last week or the week before, when we got Archie Bradley and Ryan Tapera, I would have given this like a C plus. Okay, but the fact that we shored up the bullpen and now the strategy of making sure our bullpen is one of the best in MLB has come to fruition, and we didn't get the starting pitching that we wanted or needed desperately. But the fact that we spent you know ninety six million or whatever on on pitching. And to make sure that, hey, if our starters can't get us through, then we've got a solid bullpen. For me, that moves it up to a B plus. Great. So I take away a little bit in the sense that you guys had more than enough chances to get a starting pitcher that For could, sure. like put us over the threshold. However, I think shoring up the bullpen is the, the best route that we could go. And you never know what, where we will be by the trade deadline and who will be available. Yeah. So I think that there will be some options there as well so b plus for me my friend b plus for me there we go hey i just want to take a second to shout out a listener who has been a day one with us and his name is matt at maddie nonsense on social matt we really appreciate you because if you guys didn't know you have the ability to support the podcast through anchor in fact there is a link in our link tree that you can find in our bio on Twitter and Instagram where you can support the podcast. And Matt is our very first supporter. So Matt, round of applause from the Super Halo Bros. Nothing but love over here, my friend. We want to give him a very special shout out. And of course, he is supporting us with just a small little donation monthly. You can find the link to support us in our link tree. Again, that's in the bio of our Twitter and Instagram. So thank you, Matt. And if you want to support us, we'll be sure to give you a shout out as well. Johnny Fangraff said that uh, they are projecting the Angels to go 82 and 80 this season. Okay. That's <laughs> how I felt when I read it as well. We just talked about the team. We're excited about the team. Is that projection, is it spot on? Is it too low? Is it too high? Where Where do you find the Angels finishing the season? If you're going to be John Graffs, <laughs> what are you giving the Angels for wins and for losses in the 2022 season? I'm going 93 wins. Okay. That's what I'm going over 90. Okay. And and the reason why I say that is because Fangraphs, their algorithm, their Mr. Robot, uh, maybe it's Mr. Coffee running their system, but <laughs> they look at the last like five years and take an average, okay. right? And we've been 50-50 and worse, 
the last five years. How many losses to the A's did we suffer yeah. last season? Yeah. How many losses to the, the dang Mariners did we suffer last season? Right. And I understand that the Mariners got better. The A's have, have gotten worse. The A's are still going to find a way to win. And even the Astros, who are consistently good, they don't need a Carlos Correa anymore. They don't need George Springer anymore. They're still going to be good. Yep. But we got better. We added all of these relievers to our bullpen, and that is going to make a huge difference. We're going to have a healthy Trout, a healthy Rendon. If that 1-2-3 of Otani, Trout, and Rendon is starting the game, and then you have Jared Walsh cleanup or whoever it might be, good grief, man. How frustrating was it for some of these spring training starters who have to face the Angels? Unreal. Yeah. I, I think today it was like, it was like a 24-pitch first inning for the Rocky starter, who, you know, is not an ace or anything. But I watched Otani and Trout and Rendon. I think Trout took a walk and then Rendon hit a double play. And so that ended the inning. But it was 24 pitches. Yeah. Those guys saw a ton of pitches yeah. and made the starter work. And I think we're going to see plenty more of that come this season. So I think with a healthy lineup, I know there's a lot of ifs. And I know there's a lot of of magic that needs to happen. (laughs) If you believe in magic, this is the year to believe because I think that as long as these guys stay healthy and on the field, and even with our depth, I look at guys that shouldn't be starting but are available, like a Jack Mayfield. Those guys contribute. And it's not like they're coming up and just, you know, batting 199 or anything like that right (laughs) like they're contributing like Mayfield's hitting bombs and and even I'll give him credit even though I don't want to Jose Rojas hitting bombs (laughs) and maybe he unlocks something in the offseason I just can't see a situation where we finish two games above 500 right I don't see it right I don't see that right what do you think uh 90 wins and here's why the Mariners last season I think are the template that the Angels have followed because hmm. it was the Mariners' bullpen that got them to 90 wins. Yeah. And I think, 100%. obviously, the the dynamic of health and Trout and Rendon and all of that is going to play a huge part. But I think that our bullpen is going to be the reason why we get to 90 wins because they blew it so much last year. And <laughs> you see the Mariners, who had a run differential that was in the negative, and they still right. ended up winning 90 games. And 90 games right. is going to get you in the playoffs. Yeah, and this so year. I say they get to 90 wins this season, and they're in the playoffs. And I think that they actually make a good run and potentially get to the second, maybe the third round of the playoffs. I think they're in the championship yeah. series with this bullpen and this pitching staff. Absolutely. Let's talk about a little quickly uh, some of the things that we saw at spring training. I want to talk about Syndergaard yeah, because please. he got a start in an A game. He he pitched in a B game last week, this this week, three and two thirds, one hit, one run, which was unearned, by the way, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and four strikeouts, and I was impressed. I thought he looked really, really good. It seemed like as he got into that fourth inning, he kind of lost the command a little bit, just kind of the fire out of out of the hand when he's throwing his fastball. But he'll build up to where he needs to be. And it was really great to see him after all these years, after it's been two years where it's kind of a question mark. He looked really comfortable. He looked really good. So I'm excited to see uh, what becomes of, of Syndergaard this year. What about you? I want to talk about Taylor Ward. And yeah. I've been a broken record in this episode, so I'm going to continue that trend. I think that Taylor Ward starting on opening day is asking Taylor Ward to be somebody that he's not. Yeah. And so I would not have him start over Brandon Marsh. 
I would have That's Brandon really Marsh play in the outfield. I think you got to give Brandon Marsh a run. I think you're going to get a quick, powerful outfielder who's going to hit really well for your team. And I think mm-hmm. what Taylor Ward is, is a fourth outfielder. I think Taylor yeah. Ward backing up first base is probably the most ideal place for him because, mm-hmm. yeah, he does have a cannon for an arm, former catcher, but I think that he actually could fill in really nicely for Jared Walsh and bat against lefties because the other option is not my favorite option, and <laughs> that's who you're going to talk about. Yeah, we saw Upton get some time at first base uh, on Monday, and it wasn't it wasn't great. No, and I think it's interesting that the errors that were committed were two on Rendon and one on Stassi. Yeah, and in the rule book, in in the in the ledger, the errors go to those guys. But Mike, I have to think that somewhere in the back of your mind, when you're Rendon or Stassi, you're thrown down to a guy who's not played first base in his career in Justin Upton. Does that mess with your head oh, a little bit? And, yeah. yeah. I mean, how many errors does Anthony Rendon make? Right. And he made two in one game? Right. Come on. So for me, it's it's they saw Upton over there and went, <laughs> as they're throwing the ball. And that's got to mess with your psyche. I mean, if you see somebody over there that you're unsure of, because I think even Taylor Ward over at first is a much better option. Yes. And, and those guys are confident in throwing to Taylor Ward over there. Yeah. So I think that really got inside their heads on Monday. Yeah. I would much rather see Ward uh, back up Walsh and not be the starting outfielder because you're right. He's, he would be playing out of his shoes. Like we said about Fletch last season, yeah. playing out of your shoes and playing in a position in, in a role that you shouldn't be in. You are well-suited for one thing, but because of a need or a necessity, you're having to do something that you're not comfortable with. Yeah. So yeah. those are my thoughts there. Let's talk about Mike Trout for a moment because he actually looks healthy and looks good and he's drawing yeah. walks and looking good in the outfield. And it, there's no sign of him being slowed down because of this calf injury. Mm-hmm. There's no sign of him even considering that. His swing looks strong. He's got a great eye for the baseball. And as you mentioned earlier, he's taking a lot of pitches and that yeah. top of the lineup is going to be fun to watch. And again, I'm going to double down, triple down, quadruple down. I think Trout's in the MVP race this year. And I think he has his yeah. best season ever because he's going to be surrounded by a great team. And I think he's going to be healthy for the first time in a long time. So it's been great to, to watch him play. And I've made sure that I've watched every game from the start because I wanted to see his at bats. And it looks like, over the next couple of days, uh, Wednesday, it looks like Wednesday's lineup, he's going to be in the game, and there, there's no plan to have him actually get taken out early. They're going to give him a few yeah. bats, which is great. So I'm excited to see what he can do, and I'm excited that he's healthy. I got a comment today about Rendon, and I just want to say, for the millionth time, cool your jets on Rendon. Calm down! <laughs> the guy had no hips last season, and he's <laughs> finally feeling better. Give him some time to get adjusted again, man. It's been, he's been in like four games. He's had like 11 plate appearances or something like that. So, and, and he's a slow starter. He's always been a slow starter. He was a slow starter in 2020 when he was 10th in MVP voting. Right. Plus he's already had some flashy moves on defense. So cool your jets, slow your roll, calm down. Everyone Rendon is going to be fine. I like the way you say hips. Um, <laughs> he had no hits. <laughs> David Fletcher was actually uh, interviewed this week by Sam Blum. 
Uh, I love Fletch and I love Sam. Blum, and Fletch dude. actually said, "I'm a 300 hitter," and I think that we're gonna <laughs> see yes. we're gonna see that 300 hitter this year. Yeah, and we're gonna see somebody who is gonna play shortstop full time, and yeah. I think we're gonna see a different guy this year, and he actually mm-hmm. might be not the league MVP, but he might actually be the Angels MVP this year. Hmm. He might be the guy that is the the base. He's the he's the one that holds everybody up. The Gary DeSarcina of the 90s for the Angels yeah. when they were doing really well and then he got hurt and then they fell apart. I think <laughs> Fletch is going to be that guy. I think he's going to hold this team together. So I'm excited to see what he does this year. Love it. Final thing, let's talk about Otani and that home run on Tuesday. Ooh! The way that he can adjust mid-swing to get the barrel of the bat on the ball and put it wherever he wants, basically, is just in- incredible. Like, it's, it, they had a graph and a and uh, the graphics on the screen today to show where his hands were going and compared an outside pitch to an inside pitch. It was uh, an outside pitch where he hit it over the green monster, which was very similar to the one he hit today. And then a few days later when he wrapped that home run around the pesky pole, how that was in on his hands. Mm. And the guy is just incredible. Nobody does it like him. And I am thankful that he opted out of the start he was supposed to have, I think on Sunday or Monday, yeah. and because he knows himself best. And so that was a topic of conversation was, uh-oh, what's wrong with Otani? And he's like, nothing. I just don't want to pitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know myself best. I know my schedule, and I'll get one more spring training start, and then I'll start on opening day. So I'm comfortable with that. Whatever Otani wants, Otani gets. Absolutely. Friends, thank you so much for the way that you have uh, liked and commented and talked about the podcast over the last year and including this year in season two. We want to ask you to continue to do that. And if you're a new listener and we've seen new followers on Instagram and Twitter over the last few weeks because John has created some incredible reels, which we're all really grateful for. And so if you're new and you're listening to the podcast, would you give us a a rate and a review? It helps other people to find the podcast and it just grows the platform for the best team in major league baseball, the new, I mean, the, the, the angels, that's who we're talking about. And so if you don't mind, we would love that. And it helps to get the word out about the podcast and gets more ears into this conversation, more voices into this conversation. And we are so grateful for your, your rate and your review. topic mike this one came over on instagram from our good friend and fan and listener christian flashman over on instagram he reached out to us a few weeks ago and said that he enjoyed the show listens to us on the train feels like he's hanging out with his buddies when he listens to the podcast he had some questions about uh angels jerseys uh and and some possible changes to that so before we jump into that i want to point out that it was announced on tuesday that June 11th will be the debut of the Angels City Connect jerseys ah. by Nike. So we will have a unique look on June 11th. People are speculating on what that might look like. They're wondering if it's going to say Anaheim or Los Angeles. Right, right. I think that it's I think it's going to be something to do with Halos and I also think that there will be obviously like oranges involved or like yeah. orange tree yeah. or an orange with a leaf or something like that. I would love to see Something representing Orange County, I think, as a whole, because the Angels are so synonymous with Orange County. Yeah. I think that that would be uh, really cool. But what do you think might come of the City Connect jerseys? But also, do the Angels need a uniform change, kind of like the Padres or the Brewers? 
that kind of gave a new look to the team, but also at the same time kind of bolstered their confidence. What are you, yeah. what are your thoughts on, on changing the uniform? I loved the, the whole approach and strategy in the early two thousands when they changed back to the a with the halo over the a on the uniform, mm-hmm. the look, the same look we have now. Right. And, and they said the halos were back and that was, we were, yeah. we were stoked about that and they were actually, yeah. The, the uniforms that they were transitioning from were were probably the most hated. And it was when we were the Anaheim Angels owned by Disney and had the, the stripes and kind of the, the light blue, the blue and powder blue. Yeah. yeah. And you know, what's funny is a lot of people like that. Yeah, but I just thought they I feel, were. I find the people that like it are really young. They're, they're <laughs> Facebook fans. And so I, I, I loved that whole strategy, which is why I think that it would be a wise move to return with a new look, but throw it back to when we were the California Angels, and yeah. and have the Golden State on the uniform again, and with a halo over it. I, I think that that's a good move. We've been we've been trying to platform the Angels as a Los Angeles team, and I I am not Artie. I don't know what he knows, and so I get that if he's trying to grow the brand and get resource, I understand what he's trying to do in some of those instances, but. I think that there needs to be a nod to the state of California and the city of Anaheim and the county of, of, of Orange County. And so mm-hmm. I would love to see the classic state of California come back. I would love to see the classic Halo come back. I would love to see those those unis with an upgraded twist, maybe. Um, that yeah. would be that would be a really cool thing to see. I would I would purchase uh, a shirt and a hat and I'm still in oh, yeah. that 25 to 54 range where people are trying to get our money. And so <laughs> I'm saying this out loud that they're hearing me say this. I would buy a t-shirt and a sweatshirt and a jacket and a hat. If they went back to some of that classic look with an updated feel, what about you? I liked what Christian brought up in terms of the brewers and the Padres kind of rejuvenating their look, but also that kind of gave a rejuvenation to the team and the fervor for the team. But I think I need to throw in the caveat that the change in direction of their jerseys also came with spending money. Yep. Like you look at the Padres, they spent money and they they you know they had Tatis Jr. be the face of the franchise, and then they spent money on pitching and they made trades. They got you Darvish and Blake Snell, all that stuff. Yeah. And so with the change in uniform came a change in. Approach. The approach yep. to how we put a team on the field. Yep. You can't you can't put lipstick on a pig. Right. That only works for a little bit. Right. And I and and I don't think the Padres did that. And so if the Angels are going to make a change, I feel like this year would be a good time for it because you have a great team that you could get behind. But I also think that if they are going to make a change, it's going to come in a few years where we're putting a product on the field that we're proud of. Yeah. And some of our youngsters are stepping up and taking on the role and, and Trout becomes the veteran presence, that sort of thing. So I think all that to say the Padres got the timing right with the uniform change and and writing a new chapter yeah. in San Diego. Yeah. Because, man, when you walk around San Diego, everybody's got jerseys on. They've got shirts. They're, they've got hats. They're proud to wear those colors. And they pop. Even though they're brown, you immediately identify like, oh, yep. that's that's Padres brown, yep. right? And I love that. And so San Diego is just fun atmosphere, and they've really rejuvenated the the excitement for the team down there. And I think that if you're going to spend money on a change, it's got to come with 
a good team. And that's what makes 2002 so special because that was the first year they went back to yep. the Halos are back, yep. right? They brought back the A with a halo on it. And I agree with you in the sense that it would be cool to get old school again. I love the state of California with a halo around it. And specifically the star over Orange yes. County slash yeah. Anaheim. I think that that's important yeah. too. Yeah. I'm excited to see what becomes of the City Connect jerseys. There's some cool designs out there that people have like mocked up. Um, and I'll be interested to see if there are more as we approach uh, June 11th. But if they do something interesting, I saw one that was like green and orange, hmm. like a light green and orange that was really fun. And it said Anaheim across the front. Uh, again, I think it's going to lean toward something like Halos. Yeah, or something I think you're, like I think that. you're right. I, I like. Uh, I, I believe it was the Nationals. They had the the cherry blossoms. The cherry blossoms, I, dude. That was really great, cool. What a great touch, right? Yeah. And it wasn't much, and and so I think that some sort of some sort of nod to the area would be really great. Maybe they have Mickey ears. I you know I don't know. Like maybe they have something. Yeah, I like wonder. That. I wonder how much like Disney they can incorporate because I probably copyright stuff there. Yeah. But we'll see what happens right. there. Right. Right. I loved the Diamondbacks, Los Serpientes, the, uh, and so it was the, the snakes, yes. right? And uh, I, their uniforms look really cool, and they look like a nice throwback to, like, the 30s. Yeah. Those ones are really yeah. cool. Those are probably my favorite of the ones that came out last year. So They look good. They look good. All right. What do you say? We accomplished a lot, a lot of good conversation, and I'm excited for the season, man. It feels like these are the... They talk, call them the dog days of summer in August. These are like the dog days of spring training where it's like, can we just get started, please? Can we just go? It's, it's, it's ironic that it's a shortened spring training and we were three weeks ago, we were craving baseball yeah. and now we're craving opening day. I just want the games <laughs> to actually mean something and I want to see our players play the full nine innings. I don't want to see, I mean, I, as much as we like Andrew Velasquez, I don't want to see him in there anymore, right? I, I want to yeah. see our players playing and I want to. I want to get some momentum. I want to be excited about this team. Yeah. Uh, Denny Hawking said on the broadcast today, the, the angels are trending in the right direction as opening day approaches. And I was like, that was a good way to put it. Yep. Well done. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of Denny Hawking and Trent Rush and Patrick O'Neill, I can't wait for Vaskersian and Gooby. I'm ready. For, I'm yeah. ready to hear a game called by Vaskersian and by Gooby. They do such a great job. I love it. All right, y'all. Well, uh, as for this week, we're all done here, but thank you so much for listening to us. You can find us at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. Again, rate, review the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to support us, you can find the link to do so in our bio on Twitter and Instagram. In the meantime, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And we will see you right here next week on the Super Halo Brothers Los Angeles Angels podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.